Coming up next on Contemplate. If there's no God, you are just a collection of atoms bouncing around. You have no control, you have no purpose, you have no value, and we are just waiting for the heat death of the universe. We've all done things in our past that we'd like to forget, and some of those things continue to haunt us and affect our lives today. The good news is there is a way out. Here's Pastor David. Now, after telling us in our passage this morning that the scripture will not be destroyed and that it will be fulfilled, Jesus went on to say this, whoever therefore breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches men so shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does and teaches them, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say to you that unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. What commandments? What commandments then? Is he talking about the commandments of the Old Testament, all the laws that we talked about, the bacon thing and all that? No. And yes. Jesus is beginning a section of the Sermon on the Mount here. In this section, he's going to give us many commandments. These are, these are his commands that he's talking about, that he's going to give us. And he's going to make a distinction between the scriptures and himself versus the commands that the scribes and Pharisees have been teaching. You have to understand something about what's going on at this time in history with, with the Jewish people. A, a lot of the Jewish people, they had this oral tradition, this tradition that they had that, that kind of went alongside Scripture, okay? And they had built this tradition up, and, and, and they, they, they viewed it as basically equal to Scripture. And it was basically commentaries and, and extra rules that came on top of the rules that were in Scripture, right? And so as an attorney, some of you know that I, that I was an attorney, and, and as an attorney, we have the law, but then we have all these commentaries on the law. All these commentaries. So you have this rule, and then you've got all these commentaries of what people say. Uh, we have things called the restatement of the law, and it goes into depth about what this rule really means. And then you've got all these cases and case law, or whatever. Well, they had that too. They had all this extra stuff that was not Scripture, but that they had elevated to the level of Scripture. Okay, And Jesus will, you'll hear him say things, uh, we'll hear him as we, as we read his teachings, as we go on, you'll hear him say things like this. You have heard that it was said to those of old, not you have seen it written in the scripture, but rather you have heard that it was said to those of old. That's a very different thing. He's talking about this oral tradition, right? So, and then he'll say, but I tell you, and he'll lay out the command that is at the heart. He'll drive to the heart of the scripture and lay out the commandments. That's what he's talking about here. He's separating these oral traditions and rules that the scribes and the Pharisees taught from scriptures, separating those from his commandments. And these are the commandments that we are called to follow here. But we see here when Jesus says that our righteousness must exceed that of the scribes and the Pharisees, what we need to understand here is that we could never get there. We could never get there. We cannot be that righteous. And any of you that have read Jesus' words in the gospel know that neither could the scribes or the Pharisees be as righteous as they pretended to be or thought that they were. Paul, the apostle, had an understanding of what the promise of Scripture was and the fulfillment of the Scripture in Jesus Christ. Okay, this is not just about knowing sayings that help us to feel good or to solve problems. This is ultimate truth. This is the meaning of life. This is what gives you as a person value that you are made in the image and likeness of God. Let me, let me explain something to you here that you need to understand. That when Jesus is coming and saying, 
The law is going to be fulfilled. I'm the fulfillment of this law. When he comes in and says, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing today. When he's talking about that, he's saying, I am the manifestation. I am the thing that has come that is the truth. He says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And what he's doing by that is not only showing us who he is by everything he did, all of his miracles, all of the things he said, and then, of course, by rising from the dead. But in doing that, he's also verifying all of the Old Testament that points to him over and over and over again. And here's why that's good news to you. Because the world does not have that worldview. They do not believe that the scriptures are true. They see it as an old book. People say it's a Bronze Age, blah, blah, blah. Here's the thing. It's a pretty fancy Bronze Age, blah, 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 that completely predicts in every way Jesus Christ, who we know, who basically no scholar these days would deny that Jesus existed and did a lot of the things, even the ones who, who reject the Bible think he did a lot of things he said, if not all the things that he said. He has verified the Old Testament, and that is really good news for you because what it says is that you have value, that you were made in the image and likeness of God, that you have value, that Jesus was going to come and redeem you even though you're a sinner and a rebel and selfish and wicked, that he was going to come that even while you were sinners, Christ died for you. To, To understand how much value that puts on you, do you know who you are? Jesus, Jesus has come to be the fulfillment. Jesus is it. But the world doesn't tell you that. See, if you listen to the world, uh, especially these days, more and more, and we see it more and more, there's two things that I see. I see a rise kind of in the atheism, and then I see a rise kind of in apathy. The atheism thing is, is what it is. The apathy thing is more of this kind of postmodern thing. It's like, I don't care anymore. I don't know what's true. I don't care anymore. Here's the thing. Jesus is saying, no, no, no. Don't go there. There's truth. Look at the scriptures, dig in deep, get mature, go go deeper and deeper and see, it's about me, it's about me, it's about me, and then boom, here I am. And I fulfill, and I fulfill, and I fulfill, and you can trust this to be true. Because if you don't and you believe there's no God, then guess what you're worth? Nothing. If there's no God, you are just a collection of atoms bouncing around. You have no control, you have no purpose, you have no value, and we are just waiting for the heat death of the universe right? Yay. The only reason you're here today is because Adam's bounced around a certain way and you showed up. If you believe anything that I say, it's because Adam's bounced away and showed up, not because anything's true or false. None of that matters. You're just a meat sack. And Jesus is coming against that. He's saying, no, 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 you're my child. How do you know that you're valuable? Because I said, you're made in the image and likeness of God. And then I proved that what I said there was true. That's what he's talking about when he says, not one jot or tittle will disappear from the law until it's all fulfilled. And when it's fulfilled, it means that the promises that were made were true. It means that it all comes together, that the string goes all the way through. And thank God that it does, <laughs> because we have a purpose as because of that. He says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to the Father but by me, and he proves it out. By rising from the dead, which is what our faith is based on, a historical fact, not some blind faith, not some, not some we like this book better than the, one, the book that these people are using or better than this or better than that. No, our faith is based on the resurrection, the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ. If that didn't happen, we're wasting our time here and we're in real big trouble because we're worthless. If it did happen, then all of this is true and we are worth something. And we can have hope, and we do have purpose, and we can live in joy. And it happened. 
It happened. This is also what gives us a grounding for what's right and wrong. Most of you, when you talk to your children and you tell them, hey, don't do that, that thing's wrong, most of you believe that what you're saying is that that thing is actually wrong, not just that it's your preference that they don't do that thing, right? Now, sometimes it's your preference, like, stop bothering me. may not be wrong. It's just what I heard most of my life. I don't know. may not be wrong for them to bother you, right? That may not be one of those moral issues, but there's lots of things like, hey, you ought to treat people this way. You ought to do this. You ought to do that. When we're talking about moral rights and wrongs, you've got two choices. You believe in God and Scripture, and therefore you believe that what's right and wrong are grounded in the very nature of who God is, or you don't believe in God and Scripture, in which case you can never say that anything is right or wrong. You can only talk about what you prefer. Hitler preferred this. Mother Teresa preferred that. They're both whatever. I don't think we want to live in that world. But because Jesus fulfilled the scripture, we can have faith and trust that what's right is right, that's what's wrong is wrong. That's how we know who we are, as C.S. Lewis talks about. That's how we know our need for him. Jesus is the fulfillment of the promise that although we do not deserve it, although we have been rebels against God, living selfishly, he loves us. God loved us enough to send his only begotten son, Jesus Christ that whoever believes in him will not perish, but will have everlasting life, will be saved, will be redeemed, will be reconciled to God. That is the gospel. And it's true. And Jesus is showing us why we should believe it's true because of his fulfillment of the scriptures. This is the hope. Jesus is the hope of the Israelites of the Old Testament. He's the hope of nations today. He is the hope of every man, woman, and child on the face of the planet that has ever lived. Their hope is in Jesus Christ that they might be reconciled to God. This is the promise of the hope that we see from Genesis 3 when we see the fall and we see the promise to Revelation 22 in his coming kingdom and glory. It's all the same. It's all tied through. The scripture is all together. And Paul got it. Paul got it. As to the letter of the law in the Old Testament, he had more to brag about than just about anybody. Paul could brag. He had a resume. And yet, that's not where his hope was. That's not where his pride was. Listen to what Paul says in the Holy Spirit through Paul in Philippians 3 3 through 14. Listen to his resume and then listen to where his confidence is. For we are the circumcision who worship God in the spirit, rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh, though I also might have confidence in the flesh. If anyone else thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I'm more so. Circumcised the eighth day, the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, concerning the law, a Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, concerning the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed, I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Is that where you are? You count all this as rubbish just to gain Christ? That he's it. Not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. It's all about grace, right? The righteousness which is from God by faith that I may know him and the power of his resurrection 
and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already attained or I'm already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Paul gets it. Paul gets it. His righteousness, born on the, this and circumcised on this day and uh, all that, he's like, that's garbage, trash, nothing. It was never going to save me. I could never keep it perfectly. I throw everything away that I would have pride in just to know Jesus Christ. Now, that's a powerful relationship. Everything outside of Jesus is trash and death. The sooner we get that, the sooner we live in life and joy. Nothing compares to Jesus. We were made to live forever. You know that? We were made for a relationship with our God, our creator, our father, and Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. We were made for relationship with God. We were made for joy. All chance of that was gone under the law because we did not keep it and we could not keep it, but Jesus Christ fulfilled it. Jesus Christ fulfilled it. He came as the redeemer. He fulfilled the law and the prophets and made a way for us to be reconciled to God. Jesus made a way for us to have a real relationship with God. And he did this while we were still sinners, which is so incredible. Paul got that. We need to get that. We need to live like we get that. Are you living like you get that? Are you living like you understand how much Jesus loves you, how much God loves you, how important you are, made in the image and likeness of God, saved by God, by his death on the cross for you? Do you live like you understand that? It is only because of Jesus that Paul can write, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call in Christ Jesus. Because without Jesus, all we could do is suffer and groan and cry and die because of what's behind us. Because of what's behind us. We know our sin. We know our hearts. We know our rebellion. Do you know that if I could not say forgetting what is behind, I would just want to die. I know that God is holy that God is perfect, that God is righteous. I don't even understand the fullness of his holiness because I'm so broken. But if I couldn't say forgetting what is behind, I press on toward the goal for that upward call in Christ Jesus. If I couldn't do that, I'd rather just die. I can't stand under the weight of my own sin. But because of Jesus, I can forget what's behind. Because of Jesus, you can forget what's behind. You came in here, you've got a story. If you're honest with yourself and your heart, you're not full of pride, you know that you want to forget what is behind. But the only way you can ever do that is by Jesus. If not, then what's behind is you. And you're still in it. And you're still in the chains and the darkness of sin. But with Jesus Christ, you can forget what's behind and press on. That's an amazing thing. Some of you long for that. Some of you haven't chosen to follow Jesus yet. You long to forget what is behind. I know what that is. I know what it is every day of my life, the joy that I have in, in forgetting what is behind. This is how we understand to make us poor in spirit, to make us mourn over our sin and be comforted, and to make us hunger and thirst for righteousness. We should want to follow Jesus' commandments. We should want to follow 
Jesus' commandments, because following his commandments is about kingdom life. You know, the Great Commission, right? Go into the world, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey all that I've commanded. We're to obey all that Jesus commanded, and we're to teach the other disciples to obey all of his commands. This is our, this is our mission statement at Acts Church. This is the Great Commission for every single believer, every single disciple of Christ. We're to teach the commands. Why? Because they're full of life and the fulfillment of Scripture. The redemption and reconciliation that Jesus bought and paid for and won for himself and for us. We're saved because Jesus won. We're saved because God came through his promise, came through on his promise, and gave us Jesus. And we should desire righteousness. We should hunger and thirst for righteousness. We should want to follow his commands. It's not about rules to earn your own righteousness, your own pride, or your own, I'm better than this person because I don't smoke, drink, spit, chew, and go with the girls that do, or whatever it is. So I'm better than that guy. That's not what it's about. That has nothing to do with the gospel. It has nothing to do with what we follow his commands. It's about the passionate love that we have for the one who had such a passionate love for us that he died for us while we were still sinners. It's about wanting righteousness and holiness, not to be better than other people, not to be puffed up, but that we might know him more. I'm going to end by telling you a little bit about my kitty cat. Um, I have a kitty cat. It's actually my wife's cat. It's very soft. And I was laying in my bed this week, and I just wanted to snuggle that kitty cat. Kitty cat's on the bed. And so I'm thinking, I just really want to snuggle this cat. So I grab the kitty cat, and I bring it over. And I hold it and I snuggle it. Well, here's the thing about kitty cats, or at least this kitty cat. It doesn't like that. <laughs> it doesn't want me to hold it all like this and just pet it and just, mm, right? And, I, and I, as I was thinking about it, I realized this is the same problem I've had with every pet I've ever had and with my kids. <laughs> <laughs> I want to snuggle those who I love. I don't really love the kitty cat. I just think she's soft. Or my huskies, they're just kind of soft and whatever. But I do love my kids, and I do love my wife. And, and when I want to snuggle them, it's an expression of, I want to be close to you. I just want to hold you. I just, I just want that physical uh, action of, of holding and cuddling and just being close, helping them to feel the, the protection and the love of my arms. But what they want, particularly my kids as they got older, they want some freedom. They don't want to be in the grasp of their father. They want to go play video games. So it's like, Dad, I don't want to do this right now, right? Here's the thing. Jesus' commands are kind of like his hug, kind of like him wanting to. I, I know that if I love my children like that, and that's my desire is to hold them close, that if Jesus loves us like that, it's his desire to hold us close. And his commands are the protection and the love that holds us close. They're not about rules. They're not just about rules because he's got a power trip or something. He's God. He doesn't need to have a power trip. He can just be like, it's over. Peace. We're done. Universe, gone. He could do that. He's holding the whole universe together. He doesn't need a power trip. He's not giving you rules so that he can feel good about himself that you do what he says. That's not, about, that's not what it's about. He's giving you rules because he loves you. The commands are about his love, and us following the commands is about us loving him. But what happens is sometimes the commands feel like a little bit too tight of a hug, and we get a little bit, mm, I kind of want to do this. I kind of want to push out of the protection. I kind of want to push out of the hug. It's a little too close. I want a little more of my own freedom. I want to do what I want to do. But if you understand that his commands are about loving you, that it's not about holding you so you can't do what you want to do. It's about holding you so that you'll do what's good for you, what's life-giving for you. 
It's a lot easier to follow those commands. If you realize those commands are about a closer and closer holding with Jesus. They're about a closer and closer hug with God. They're about a closer and closer time of coming into his protection, into his love. That's all they're for. So next time that you're, you're looking at the commands and we go through these, and a lot of these are going to rub up against all of us, me first, as we read his commands and we go through the scripture. I want you to think that as you're pushing against it, you're pushing against the loving arms of God. You're not just pushing against some arbitrary rule. Like God was like, should we allow adultery or not? Let's flip a coin. Heads, no adultery. It's not how he did it. These things flow from the nature of who God is, and they're about our human flourishing because we're made in his image and likeness. It's about love. It's about love. It's about Jesus. If you don't know him today, I want you to know him. Because following him and following his commands, doing them and teaching them, you're going to be the greatest in the kingdom of God. Avoiding them, pushing away, it's not going to go as well for you in the kingdom of God. You'll be least in the kingdom. We want righteousness, not for the sake of righteousness. We want righteousness because it drives us closer and closer into the loving arms of our Savior. So do you have that righteousness in Christ? Can you forget your past and press forward because you're wrapped in his loving arms? If not, just ask. Tell Jesus you believe he's the Son of God, that he died for your sins, and ask him to be your Lord and Savior, and he will. And if you still have questions or we can help, call us at 360-885-9000. Or send us an email, info at axchurchnw.org. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll be right here next time for more with Pastor David Robinson here on Contemplate.